everyone. Welcome to the second season of For the Love of Books podcast featuring Indian small press authors with host author Emma Polova. I would like to thank our sponsors, Doug Chavin and the Lowell Ledger, our hometown newspaper in Lowell, Michigan. Together, we've been bringing you stories for more than 120 years. Today, I will be chatting with author J.Q. Rose, who will announce the details of her book giveaway of Deadly Undertaking at the end of the interview. J.K. Rose, a.k.a. Janet Glaser, is focused on story in her fiction and nonfiction. She offers readers chills, giggles, and quirky characters woven within the pages of her mystery novels. Hello, J.Q., how are you on this rainy February day? Well, I'm fine. Hello, Emma. Thanks so much for having me oh, here. yeah. Love to have you. Okay. I've always wanted to ask this question. Okay. Why do you use a pen name instead of real name? And how did you pick this one? JQ. I love it. Oh, thank you. I think that's the most often asked thing of me is where did I get that <laughs> pen name? Uh-huh. And J is for Janet. Q is for my middle name, and Rose is because we were in the flower business for about 20 years, and I love roses. Perfect. I knew you could, you would be able to explain this, right? Yes, yes. All right. Deadly Undertaking takes place at Stab and Blood Funeral Home, and Janet, I will let you take it from here, from this setting. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know it, it's kind of an unusual setting, but um, I am a funeral director's daughter. So we were in the business, my family business. And I just thought, you know, it's kind of a unique setting to have that. And I know about the funeral business. And, you know, some people say you should write about what you know. And so I wrote a mystery. And it uh, is about Lauren Stab. And she, the it opens with, um, Lauren, call 911, hurry. And that's her dad calling her to call someone. She's come back from where she worked in Grand Rapids. Mm-hmm. And she's come back to help her dad in the funeral business because her mother has Alzheimer's. And so her the uh, disease has overtaken her so that she can't work at the funeral home. So Lauren is, uh, you know, stepping in and being a good daughter and doing the bookkeeping and all that kind of administrative work. So uh, they found when she ran back out to the garage to find out what he was hollering about needing 911, she saw a, a body between the funeral coach and the flower car. He had been murdered. And of course, that's the setup for the mystery. But then in this book, there's also a lot of secrets that her mother hasn't told. And there's a handsome policeman and a shadow man. A shadow man is like a ghost. I don't know if anyone's heard that term, but it's a, it's a shadow man is hanging around the funeral home all the time, always messing up her life, being there at the wrong time. And she doesn't know if he's really a guardian angel or if he's just a bothersome ghost. Okay, so what is a shadow man? 
Well, it is a smoky looking uh, silhouette of a man. Okay. And uh, who is this handsome detective? Oh, well, that's Gary. And Gary was one of the guys that uh, she went to high school with. And he was one of those nerdy guys. He'd help her out with trigonometry and, you know, helped her pass those difficult math classes. And so he's been a good friend. And uh, he is back in town now on the police force. Okay. What about the other characters? Well, uh, there is her brother, Randy, mm -hmm. and he doesn't want to be a funeral director. He is sick of being worked, working there. So he's sick of it. There's Chip, her boyfriend. There's a handsome detective. And then there's um, a whole crowd of them. They go out and party together. All right. So what prompted you to write this? Well, I believe um, I had seen an article about shadow people. Mm -hmm. I, I just thought, that would be interesting to play with that paranormal variety there. As this book has uh, romance and mystery and paranormal in it, I just threw everything in there and <laughs> just make it fun. So, yeah, it sounds like a fun book. <laughs> when did you start writing this and how long did it take you to write it? Uh, well, this was written uh, about 25. 15, I think, and it took me a couple of years to put it together. What were some of the challenges in writing about this? Well, this is kind of an unusual one in that I am a funeral director's daughter. Right. And the heroine or the main character is a funeral director's daughter, too. So I kind of connected with her. But I identified so much with her that it was hard for me to write the story about murder and and drugs and all that and be in the middle of it when it, it wasn't me at all. You know, the real right. me was never involved in any of that. So, you know, for one summer and when I was working on it, I had to just put it away. I could not get around that that problem of her being me. Oh. And then when, so. Eventually, I shook it off. I did a lot of short stories and messing around. Mm -hmm. it, was, it wasn't exactly a writer's block because I knew what I wanted to write, but right. I, I just wouldn't let myself do that, you know. So that was the problem. I identified too much with her. Okay. So did that pause help you? Yes. Okay. I, I really recommend, you know, if you have writer's block to just go off, leave that story, and then write some short stories, do some blogs, you know, do all anything else but that. And it really helps. That's really good advice. A lot mm -hmm. of writers struggle with this, including myself. Yes, it is. A lot of people have that. What do you feel you did right? No one else could have done it like you. Oh, <laughs> No one else. Well, no one else, unless they're in the funeral business, could right. have written this book, probably. <laughs> now, those are my thoughts. I want to hear it from you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. What would you have done differently? Uh, in writing the story, you mean? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, I 
Well, I tell you what, I tried to be a pantser in this book. I'm not usually a pantser. Mm-hmm. And and they started it out uh, being a pantser, just right, no, with no outline, no plan or anything. Well, that was a mess. <laughs> was it? I, yeah, I, I am not. I've learned that I am not a pantser, that I need to have an outline, not pages and pages and pages of outline, but just a simple scribble on the paper of what, you know, what I want first, second, third to happen. So that I was glad I did discover that, though, about myself. Yes. What else have you learned about yourself from writing this book? That was my next question. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's see. I think I learned a lot about um, making the scenes come alive, you know, mm-hmm. letting doing enough description, but not too much description that it makes people go away. I want them to come into the scene with me mm-hmm. and be very engaged with it. So I had a lot of action and and uh, it keeps going and going. A page turner. <laughs> good. Very good. What is the major takeaway from Deadly Undertaking? Well, actually, the main thing that I wanted to make people aware of was the the risk that Alzheimer's will be actually a pandemic, a world pandemic someday, if they can't get the cure, not a cure even, but some way to slow all this down. And they are doing the research and working on it. They've come a long ways, but we have to eliminate Alzheimer's from the world. And you explained that in this uh, romance mystery book? Well, I have a character. Uh, I don't guess I didn't mention her. She's the mother and she has the Alzheimer's. And you can see from what the family goes through, how hard it is on family oh, caretakers. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Would you do it all over again? Write this up. Oh, yeah. I had a great time writing it once I got my mind cleared and knowing what I was doing. <laughs> what were your favorite parts? Oh, my goodness. Favorite parts was was actually building the character of Henry, uh, mm-hmm. a shadow man. That was something. A shadow different. man. I've never yes. heard that before. Shadow uh-huh. man. How cool. You'll what have is... to Google it. <laughs> Professor yeah. Google has a lot. Uh, there's articles yeah, about it. I know, it. Yeah. but it's not the same as you explaining it to us. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what is the most interesting, bizarre, or unique thing that you will never, ever forget that has happened to you during an in-person author's event? I imagine you must have had a lot of those. Uh, not a whole lot, but uh, enough that I have had some fun things happen. I think the funniest thing <laughs> that comes to mind is that we were actually in Holton, Michigan, and the library, if if there's authors around that area, every July they have a meet the author. And so I was there, and um, there was a whole several tables of us there enjoying the Holton Festival, and um, people would come by and talk to you, and I had a little jar of candy there for them to pick up, and uh, this one gal was walking along every table and picking up the candy, and 
my opening line is usually when people come close to me, I'll, I say, well, what do you like to read? Mm -hmm. And as, she, as she's grabbing my candy out of there, she says, oh, I hate to read. And she walked on. <laughs> so why did she come to the event? I guess for the candy. <laughs> Just for the candy? <laughs> no, actually, uh, the, the authors are seated on Main Street, right mm -hmm. in the middle of the festival. And so, you know, they were doing games and things all around the, or across the street from us. And then the parade would be following soon after all of the things go on. So we were sitting there. So uh, the whole public, everybody can go right by the tables and chat with us. So what is the name of this festival and do they still have this event? Yes, they do. It's the Holton, H-O-L-T-O-N, Holton Festival. Um, and it's in July. You can call the library and I believe it's Julie that's in charge of that. Okay, that's good to know. They're you... part of uh, they're part of the Muskegon Library okay. Coalition, whatever you call it. Okay, and you are originally from Fremont, right? That's where you had your floral floral shop. Yes, I'm. I'm originally from Central Illinois, okay. but we moved up here when we bought the flower shop. The flower shop. Okay, and you and wrote a memoir about that, right? I did, yes. About yes. the very first year that we were in business because we had nothing but a dream to get us going. Mm -hmm. We didn't know a thing about it. Not at all. How cool. All right. What's next for Janet in 2023? I am in the process of, well, I like to write nonfiction. I also like to teach people about writing life stories. And I am a life storytelling evangelist. Everybody I see, oh. I, I want to let you know that you have a story to tell. And so it matters. And I just love teaching workshops and doing things about writing life stories. So what I'm working on now, I have a book out on how to write a life story. But this book that I'm doing now is how to write your spiritual memoir and it's i i'm working on verses and i'm working on all kinds of thoughts and research to put in it and i can't wait to be able to use it for people to write their stories that is nice i struggled with my own memoir oh yes oh yeah it's a struggle it is oh, a struggle it is i do have to say that it was a long drawn out process but did, right. you, uh, did you find yeah. out did you find out more meaning in your life yes i did Maybe. and actually well, I, I had to do the same thing that you're recommending i had to take a break from it mm -hmm. i couldn't continue and then when i came back to it it just became clear great yes so it's a very good advice that i sometimes forget about that but that's very important thanks for reminding us of that oh, you're welcome. Uh, right would you like to read to us janet oh i would love to read yes. I, I just i had such a decision to make which part to read though so uh this is uh, um a conversation between um Henry, the shadow man, and then he leaves and Gary, the handsome policeman, who is not 
a nerdy, pimply kid anymore. He's a mm -hmm. handsome, muscle-bound guy now. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, from Chapter 12 in uh, Deadly Undertaking. Lauren entered her office and slammed the door behind her. She was infuriated with her brother and Emmett. That's his friend. She stomped to her desk and tossed the cigarette lighter in the drawer. The heat of her anger still flamed inside her. Lauren, you really should give up smoking those cigarettes. They can kill you. Her eyes darted toward the dark shadow next to the closed door. Once again, Henry showed up at the wrong time. But when was the right time to see a ghost? Stifling the three little sneezes that always signaled Henry's presence, she said, Oh, please, Henry, you aren't exactly a healthy specimen yourself, a smoky shadow. Are you telling me cigarettes killed you? She smirked at him. No, not cigarettes. Well, I think you know this isn't the right time to be discussing my health. That was you knocking the stuff off the shelves and flashing the lights on and off, wasn't it? She practically stared a hole through the shadow. Why, what do you mean, dear? It's a good thing Henry didn't have a face to slap, because she would have if she could. You know what I mean, she sighed. I guess I should be grateful instead of mad at at least your shenanigans scared off Emmett. You're welcome, Henry bowed deeply, glad to be of help. Well, I've got work to do, Henry. Tapping her computer to wake it from its hibernation, she said, by the way, what did kill you? Funny how she'd never even thought about how Henry died. Uh, some bad guys didn't like me too much. He twirled his umbrella and tucked it under his arm. Now that statement spiked Lauren's curiosity. Do you mean somebody murdered you? Her eyes grew wide with the realization. Why, were you a bad guy or a good guy? She heard Henry's deep chuckle. Now how am I supposed to answer that? Of course I think I'm a good guy. He gave the thumbs up gesture to emphasize he truly was. Lauren leaned forward in her chair. She waited. Well. Aren't you going to tell me what happened? A knock at the office door interrupted the conversation. Looks like I better leave now. I'm sure you don't want me hanging around when Loverboy shows up. Loverboy? You mean Gary? She smiled at the thought of seeing him again. Henry nodded, then vanished. Henry's term for Gary was funny, but could Gary ever be her lover boy? Dang, she could feel that goofy smile spreading across her face again. Lauren called. Come on in, Gary. Gary, dressed in his police uniform, opened the door wide. He looked up and down the hallway before stepping into the office and peered behind the door. How'd you know it was me? He asked with a puzzled look on his face. Lauren's smile faded. A shadow told me. No, that's probably not the right answer. Ignoring his question, she said, well, hey, come on in. Good to see you. She plastered a big grin across her face as she stood and, and, turn the page, as she turned toward him. What brings you here? 
Have a seat. She motioned to the chair in front of her desk. Thanks, but this isn't a social call. He straightened his shoulders. She stopped and searched his face. What do you mean? Why are you here? Detective Richards wants to talk to you. I'm here to escort you to the police station. His face was so serious, she thought perhaps he was trying to play a joke on her. Really? More questions about Tony's murder? Gary didn't offer an answer. Gosh, he could give me a call or at least give me an appointment. I'm right in the middle of... Gary interrupted her. No, Lauren, he's ready to talk to you as soon as we get there. Get your purse. We're leaving right now. I'll bring you back after. His commanding voice startled her. Lauren couldn't believe this was the nerdy kid with the, pimp kid with the pimples she remembered from high school. Gary had grown up into an attractive man with broad shoulders and muscled arms and with a powerful presence she liked. Okay, she took her purse from the drawer. I'll do anything I can to help catch the murderer. Thank you, excellent. Thank you. All right, can you announce the details of your book giveaway of Deadly Undertaking? Yes, I would be so excited to share the book with uh, anyone who puts sends me a subject in an email that says book podcast giveaway, and I will send you the ebook copy of the deadly undertaking. And your email? And my email is jqrose. 02 at gmail.com. Okay, one more time just to make sure. Okay, jqrose02 at gmail.com. Perfect. Parting shots. You first, you're my guest. What would you like to leave our listeners with? I think, uh, I don't think people realize until they have published a book how wonderful the group of authors are. Uh, they're very generous in helping each other. Even if yeah. you've got a romance book and the other person, I mean, they help each other. It's just amazing. To me. And Emma, you do so much for us with allowing us to be on <laughs> here you. and shouting about Thank our books. You. But uh, uh, that is what, and now I have friends all over the world. I would never have friends all over the right, world. Right, right. <laughs> It's just, there's so many perks when you get into this job. I mean, it's it's hard to do sometimes. Just keep yes. going. It's worth it. It's worth it even from that standpoint. Yes, keep going. That's the main thing. Keep going. And my parting shots are read indie, buy indie, and write indie. Support your local authors, newspapers, and small presses. Keep your fingers on the keyboard and your butt in the chair. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.